This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Twenty-nine other MLB clubs. Two-two pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back, gone for Yelich. Cody Bellinger hits one out. Pete Alonso, he's your home run derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe, from spin rate to juiced balls to game-changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. That's right. We are back in the town. Happy opening day. The 54th opening day for the Oakland Athletics in the great city of Oakland. Chris Townsend with you here. A's cast live. And I can't tell you how excited I am to be back in the ballpark. I'm actually looking at the field as we speak. It has been a long time. And I know Cody and I have mentioned this probably far too many times, but we haven't set foot in the Coliseum since the wild card game against the Tampa Bay Rays in 2019. I mean, just driving back up to Oakland today, pulling into the parking lot, walking up to the offices that are in, uh, it's not called Oracle Arena anymore, but you know the arena, and it's like coming back home after like a really, really long vacation. I've spent so much of my life here at this site, whether we're talking about A's games, Raiders games, Warrior games, covering all three, and to be gone for so long was just, it it, it was sad. But I can't tell you how ecstatic we are to be back in the building. Our buddy Jeff Blum, former Cal Bear, now broadcaster for the Astros, is going to be here at 415. The president of the organization, Dave Cavill, who gave us all a little present that we weren't supposed to open until opening day today, was pretty cool. Yeah, we got we got uh, face masks, we got uh, socks, we got a bunch of candy, and uh, pretty cool. So Dave Cavill will uh, want to thank him and just getting this thing going. And... As the team's out on the field right now stretching, Dave Cavill will be here at 445. The guy who built the team and is feeling strong about this team, the general manager, David Force, will be here at 5 o'clock. And then your star third baseman, Matt Chapman, will be here at 530. Cody and I, we're protected. We have a shield in between us. And Ace Cast Live is truly live back in Oakland. As I told you earlier, it's so weird because I haven't had to monitor and modulate somebody else's level in my own. And now I'm going very technical for for the audience, but I I haven't had to control somebody else's level and how their mic sounds besides myself for over a year. So it's it's great to see in person to do the show, and it's great to be back at the Coliseum. I'm very excited to be here, and uh, it's going to be a great season. Um, I know we saw some uh, disappointing stuff to start the day for the A's, but that's okay. 
I mean, it's opening day. Let's not let that overshadow it. We got it's a beautiful day in Oakland, and I mean, I can't wait. We're going to see somewhere well like twelve thousand fans here. Um, when I was watching Yankees Blue Jays earlier, fans at Yankee Stadium. Yankees lost that game, I believe. So yes, the they did in extra innings. So the Yankees uh, are they still the uh, World Series favorites in the AL? The Dodgers were losing when we last looked. My Pittsburgh Pirates are the best team in the National League Central. You can't take that away from me. Confirmed they will win at least 60 games this year. Dodgers are down right now, 8-4 to four in the bottom of the seventh. The Rockies and the Padres. God, MLB.com and all the ads just drive you nuts. Get re- hold, on, hold on, hold on. All right, be back. All right, so the rock pile is up on the Dodgers in, in Colorado, 8-4. to four. Arizona and San Diego tied 7-7. Top of the eighth, St. Louis leads Cincinnati 11-6. And uh, no pitching going on in Kansas City. That's 10-8. Really the highlight of today so far, Miguel Cabrera, who hits a bomb, the first home run of the season, opposite field in the snow. And he couldn't see it. I can't even imagine trying to hit a baseball in the snow. So he goes sliding into second, thinking he had a double off the wall, and it was actually a home run. So the big highlight so far of today. But let me tell you something. Oh, so I have the audio of that call from the the uh, Tigers Radio Network if you want to hear what they had to say about it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's hilarious. Waiting on a 1-1 in a scoreless game. First inning, swinging a high fly ball through the snowflakes and right. Deep, Naylor back to the wall, looking up. And it's gone! A home run! How about it? <laughs> Miguel Cabrera slides into second because he <laughs> thought it was a double. <laughs> now, now he rounds third. Oh, my goodness. And he gets the celebration with Jamer Candelario and his teammates in the dugout. The Tigers take a 2-0 lead on opening day. The Motor City Kitties take down the Cleveland Indians 3-2, but... When you see that highlight later on tonight, you're going to be laughing because it was funny. But here's the deal. So we got our MLB Network game notes. The front line, the first line. So it tells you, you know, who's starting. and They they go through the series and everything. But the very first line reads like this. Here come the Boo Birds. The Astros will play in front of fans for the first time since MLB imposed penalties on Houston in January 2020 for illegally stealing signs. That's the number one note from MLB Network. And I can't wait to see the reaction the next four days. What is going to happen? And I hope if you're coming out to the ballpark, get loud. Get all over these guys. You've had it pent up for years. It's time to let it go tonight. It's opening day. Let her rip. Let these guys hear it. Because as I said a long time ago, and I will, I'll say it again, these guys are basically bank robbers who got away with everything. They got away with the money. They got away with the rings. They squealed. And only four guys had to pay the penalty. These guys, well, obviously the roster's different, but still the main culprits are still here. And I can't wait to see the reaction. I mean, Jose Altuve, they're talking about still having the yips. He has not responded well. 
Correa really is the one guy who stood up and obviously was a monster in the postseason. But let's just see what they're going to be like in front of fans for the very first time. I've been waiting for this moment. Can't wait. And we got a, we have a decent, in my opinion, I think we have a decent opening day matchup, too, with Bassett and Granke. I, t- I told you it's the battle of the slowest curveballs you'll ever see in your life. And Granke on opening day, if you're wondering, if you're an ace fan, Granke on opening day is, I think, 0-1 with an 820 ERA. He started a few opening days for the, the I think, one with the Royals, a few with the Dodgers, or one with the Dodgers and a few with the Diamondbacks. So you got to get to Granke early because he usually, I mean, on opening day he's not great, but. I'm I'm, ex- I'm happy for Chris Bass as we talked about yesterday to see him bounce back and get you know get an opening day start at age 32 from everything he's bounced back from. I'm excited to see his team play. We're we're, we're kind of right in the middle, but we can, maybe we're going to see Bob Melvin and Matt Chapman fungo battle here soon that we always talk about and people hear about. So I mean, being back here, I mean, let's not overshadow that. It's just so great to be back here. I'm so tired of your love affair with Grinky. Hall of Famer. Grinky will maybe go five today. He'll maybe go five. Seriously. Oh, no, you're probably right. This isn't Zach Grinke, Kansas City Royals. This is Zach Grinke, 37 years old, who, if he goes goes more than five, if I had to do over and under, I'd set it at five and I'd take the under. I think that this is a really – this is a big start for him because I mentioned his opening day record, but the Astros pitching staff is unknown. Because you don't know what happens after him. You know Christian Javier, but he's coming in to a full season where he was only in double A when he pitched last before last year. So with Granke, future Hall of Famer, mind you, Zach Granke, it's it's just going to be – I don't know why you think I have a love affair for him because I I don't. I guess I kind of do, but (laughs) – I mean (laughs) – Just stop. You know one thing that's been very interesting lately for the A's – because I remember every year talking about, God, you got a sold-out crowd. Why can't they win on opening day? The A's used to be terrible on opening day. But lately, they've won three of the last four home openers and four of the last six. Now, going back to 1994, they're just 8-19. and But that's what I'm saying. Lately, they have been very good in home openers. And by the way, you know, it's time to put your big big boy pads on. I mean, you got four against Houston. Then you got the Dodgers coming to town. And then right after that, you got to go to Houston. I mean, the start of the season, I mean, you're not going to win the division in April. But you're going to set a tone playing the Astros this many times this soon. And it wasn't that long ago, you know, the bad blood – with the Houston Astros down at Dodger Stadium. You know, the, the bottom line, the A's talked a big game and unfortunately didn't win that series. And it's time for them to back up talking a big game and take these guys down. And I do like the fact that we're talking about this team as an underdog team because that's what we had because barely no one's picked them. I mean, Jeff Passon picked him, and, and that's about it. Everybody thinks it's going to be Houston, or they think, it, or they're buying the high points again of the Angels. I, I took, I took the ace. So I, Passon and I, you and Jeff Passon, um, in your national publication. <laughs> um, so, and David Forrest, and we'll ask him again today. Uh, David said it last time we had him on. They, they like flying under the radar. 
They like the fact that people are counting them down. And I, and I know they're like, oh, they don't have Simeon. They don't have Liam Hendricks. I think this is – and Matt Chapman, you're going to hear later on. I, I asked him, is this the best team you've been on since you've been with the A's? And he could have said, well, I don't know. It's comparable. You know, the last couple of years winning 97 games or last year's team winning the division. But he said, no doubt, this is the most talented A's team he's been on. And you look at what's happened in the middle of the diamond. You're very athletic at short. Elvis is healthy. Said he stopped uh, doing squats. Well, I'm, why are you doing squats? But he says he feels healthy. He feels like he's in his 20s again. And, boy, have you improved offensively with Jed Lowry. Let's be honest. I mean, when Jed is healthy and he's in an A's uniform, he's a monster. He's had the best years of his career. He says he feels fresh. We're watching them all take ground balls right now. The hallmark of this team the last three years, as much as we want to think home runs and walks, the hallmark of this team has been defense, the way they've changed defensively, how much more athletic they are than they were in the past. I mean, you have two of the premier defenders on the corner. Elvis is good at shortstop. Outfield, you're very athletic. I'm excited about this team. Well, you, oh, you, the, def, the defense in the outfield is very athletic, but they're also very good defensively. You got Laureano. Piscotti's not a, a, a you know, he's, I wouldn't say he's a guy that's a, a minus defender. And Mark Hanna wasn't ever looked at as a center fielder, and he's playing center field on, on occasion. So now he's going to be playing left, but that's not the point. The point is he can play anywhere. And there's a lot of excitement going around with this team. Now, earlier I know it's, it stinks because of what happened with Trevor Rosenthal going on the IL to start the season with shoulder inflammation. But you got capable guys like Jake Diekman and Lou Trevino and Petit and other guys that can fill the void in the bullpen. Diekman's probably going to take the ninth if, you, if you're a gambling man, which we're not. But you think that you know he's going to be the guy that's going to take the ninth inning duty until Rosenthal's back. A.J. Puck goes down to the, the alternate site with Dalton Jeffries because Cole Irvin is the fifth starter. It's your fifth starter. Congrats to Cole Irvin. He, and he, I think he's going to start against the Dodgers next week. He owned the Dodgers in his last start in spring training. Six innings. 10 strikeouts. You just don't do that to the Dodgers. And, you know, Puck will be back at some point. Will he be a reliever? Will he be a starter? I guess we'll, we'll, we will find out eventually. But the team that's here right now that we're watching, um, there's a reason to be excited about it. I took Matt Chapman to be my MVP. You think Matt Olson can be an MVP. Uh, th there's no reason why this team can't win well over 80, 85 games this year. Yeah, Rosenthal, that news today was a real bummer. I mean, if there was anything where you're like, ah. You wanted him to be your horse closer. All right, the lineup is out. Leading off playing left field, Mark Canna. Batting second in center field, Ramon Laureano. That's interesting. Matt Olson will hit third, playing first. Matt Chapman, playing third, will hit fourth. Fifth will be Mitch Moreland at DH. Jed Lowry, how about that? Second base, then Murph, Pender in right field, and Elvis Andrus will be batting ninth, playing shortstop. So, you know, we talked to Mark Cannon on A's Cast Live about leading off. He did it at Bellman Prep. He says he likes leading off the game. He likes, you know, he, he knows he's going to get pitched to and he gets his hacks. You know, Jed being back in the lineup, I'm not going to be shocked. If, if Jed stays healthy and he starts swinging it, watch Bob put him back in the three hole. 
over or under 35 doubles for Jed this year? Wow. Is that number too high? I, let, let's go to 30. All right, 30. I'm gonna, you know, I might take the over. I, if he can stay healthy, you might have to take the over on him. Why would he not? He had the surgery. He's, do, he's done the rehab. Uh, and when he, when he plays for the A's, he stays healthy. And Bob has the ability to, you know, give him some rest as a DH. Why not? Take the over. I agree with you, but uh, bigger news. A World Series hero just called in. We have Blummer on the line? What's up? How are you? I'm good, Tony. How you been? Uh, fabulous. Happy opening day. Yeah, you know what? It would really be a happy opening day if I was in Oakland, but instead I'm going to a studio where I'm going to start my broadcast at 9 p.m. local. Yeah, it sucks that you're not here with us. You know, we're in the ballpark for the first time, and the field looks great, as you I, know, so many years coming here to Oakland. I wish you could be here and we could see you. Yeah, no doubt. I was on the phone with Roxy earlier today, but, it, you know, that's one of the things that we lose out on by not being able to travel. Just seeing all the friendly faces and reacquainting with everybody at the start of the season, man. I miss you. Yeah, I mean, what's that like doing television from a studio and the games here in Oakland? Uh, it sucks. Yeah, there, there's no, uh, you know, Oakland has a special atmosphere all its own, and to not be able to be in that environment takes a lot of the fun away from the broadcast. And, you know, being in a studio trying to recreate any kind of energy is, is really tough to do. And you start to lose, you know, you lose sight of the momentum or, you know, the edge a certain team has or the emotion of the fans in the, st in the stadium. And it's just really hard to recreate that. But at the same time, I'm grateful just to be watching and broadcasting some, some baseball. Yeah, no doubt about it, especially, you know, uh, with what happened with the the Nationals and having to already start cancel games, uh, that, that that's pretty scary. Ha, have they talked to you at all when you might be able to travel? Um, you know what? No. You know the network has made it clear to us that we're going to be doing a lot of the games on the on the road uh, at our studio. But uh, you know things are definitely trending in the right direction. It is unfortunate that the Nationals are in that COVID protocol for for precautionary reasons. But at the same time, you know, the Astros left spring training and they stopped in Houston before they got to Oakland uh, for the purpose of giving guys in the organization, players, staff, trainers, everybody, an opportunity to get vaccinated to make this season go a little bit smoother. And I'm not sure what the numbers are, but it's kind of nice that uh, Houston Methodist down here gave the option to those guys to provide that vaccination for them. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. And you know, one thing, and this is just not coming from an A's perspective. I mean, this is from the notes, uh, MLB Network notes. Their first thing is, here comes the Boo Birds. And for the first time, other than in <laughs> spring training, the Astros are going to see fans in a big league ballpark. How do you think the reaction is going to be for the Astros? Well, I, I can't wait to see it, to be honest with you, because there's been so much anticipation, and then COVID ruined uh, that kind of fun for fa opposing fans when the Astros come in. But we heard a little bit of it on a couple of games that we did do in spring training where, you know, some people booed, you know, somebody was banging on something in the background, giving these guys a hard time. So they got a little dose of it, but I don't think it's going to compare to the potential of being in the Oakland Coliseum with fans with a little bit louder voice and a little bit more of you know, intensity towards the Astros. And I think it's kind of interesting that they are opening up on the road just to get thrown right into that fire 
and see how they handle it. Now, I know from, the, from playing, going into an opposing stadium and knowing that you're disliked and having the opportunity to quiet the crowd with a big swing or a big strikeout is always enticing. But uh, this might be a whole different animal, and Oakland is a place that's going to set the tone probably for the rest of the year. Yeah, so you know some of our players in spring training, they said it was just so nice to have fans that – it was it was great that they were getting ragged because there was fans in the stands and, and they thought it was <laughs> it funny. <is. laughs> it, it really is, and it, you know it's a credit to fans too. I mean, they get creative as it is, and they're going to be a little bit more creative with Houston coming through for obvious reasons. But you know, there is something that gets that competitive juice flowing by having somebody in there who really doesn't want you to do well, so that when you do well, do do well. You, you can return the favor a little bit. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. But I'm glad that those guys have said that publicly. It's great. And to start out with four in Oakland, and then I don't know if you've looked at the schedule for us, then the Dodgers come to yeah. town. And then after that, Woo. the A's go to Houston. So for the Athletics and for Houston, you got some big boy series right out of the gate. Yeah, is that not incredible? I know that uh, the Astros spent a lot of time in the American League West to start out the season, but, uh, you know, I, ha- I didn't realize it until I glanced at the schedule for the Oakland A's. Having the Dodgers come to town, I mean, those are two, I mean, in the last five years, those are two perennial powerhouses coming through. And uh, no time like the immediate, you know, start of the season to go ahead and test yourself against some of these teams who have already, you know, obviously the Dodgers, the reigning champion coming in, but. Wow, that, that'll give you a test right out of the shoot. Sometimes that's good, sometimes it's bad, but, uh, man, it's nothing like April, you know, the first week of April to see where your team stands real quick. What did you think of the offer to Carlos Correa? Oh, man. Uh, I, I understand. <laughs> I got to be political here, you know, but I understand why he said no, and I think that the fact that, you know, the initial offer to – Francisco Lindor, who's comparable, he's better numerically than Carlos Correa, but Carlos is very close uh, as far as some of the the statistical evidence. But I think the fact that the initial offer to Francisco Lindor was a good, what, $220 million more uh, (laughs) kind of spoke volumes to why Carlos shut it down. (laughs) I I saw a player turn down $325 million. I was, just, I was like, is this yeah, real? World. <laughs> I mean, I was, just, I was like, I, I was like, if he doesn't end up signing, can you imagine you'd, <laughs> you would be a guy that turned down the most money ever to bet on yourself. Yes. And, and yeah, I mean, that would, could have been a colossal, colossal mistake, but fortunately uh, he's working with an owner that enjoys uh, big numbers as far as money is concerned. And he got it from him. You know, that, you know, the one guy that impressed me, it was Correa. I mean, in, in the wake of not having a great season last year, the Astros, he was a guy that stood up, and, and he was so good in the postseason. I, I just don't see how Houston, and you tell me you get to see him every day, I, I just don't see how they can let him let him walk. No, I agree. And you know what? Uh, I think, you know, what really would, you know, encourage Carlos to sign back with Houston is the fact that Alex Bregman is locked up for five more years. You know, Altuve is going to be here for five more. His best friend on and off the field is Lance McCullers Jr. They extended him for another five years. So he would know at least for, you know, half of the contract he wants, he would be around a great nucleus 
of, of ball players that are out here trying to win ball games and maybe extend that window of winning the West a little bit longer. But, uh, yeah, I think that he's positioned himself in a very good spot to go out and ask for a great deal of money. But also I think it makes sense for him to stay in Houston just because of what happened at the beginning of last year, really taking the baton of leadership uh, in the media with all of the, uh, the scandal issues. And then, like you said, his ability – to show up in the postseason is something that I think any owner would covet to have in their lineup. What are you expecting from Jose Altuve this year? I think it's going to be good for him. He's going to start out in the, the leadoff spot, not necessarily to replace George Springer, but to provide a spark at the top of the lineup. And I think it's a great spot for him because, you know, it allows him to kind of shift his focus from being a production guy back into being an on-base guy, and it might, might narrow down his zone a little bit, force him to be a little more selective, and take some of the pressure off knowing that he doesn't have to drive the ball in the gap every time or drive in a runner every time he's up there. And it might take a little bit of pressure off him, but he's definitely a guy who needs to to kind of, kind of reinvent himself a little bit and start to get those knocks. Uh, start to get those base hits, score some runs. We saw him. We saw him actually steal a couple of bases in spring training. So get those legs back under him and provide that spark at the top of the lineup. And he's also done a very good job uh, working on his defense because we saw some of the issues in postseason that hopefully don't show up here in the regular season. Yeah, because the Athletic had an article today talking about he has the yips uh, on defense. Is that true? Well, if if you. At the, at the current moment, after watching him play a couple of games in spring training, I'm going to say no. But that doesn't mean they've gone away completely because if you would have asked me this in the postseason, I would have said, yeah, there's something going on there and there might be the issue of having the yips. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know how or what created that because I've played with guys who have had it. I've talked to guys who have had it. And it is a frightening thing for a, for a Major League Baseball player to have. But in spring training, a lot of hard work with Joe Espada, the bench coach who worked with the infielders, may have gotten him right. So hopefully this season that uh, he'll, be, he'll be back to his old ways on defense of making some good plays. Oh, I understand it playing golf, man. I Sometimes my short game, yeah. I'm like, I do not want to chip. I do not want to pitch. I know when you when you get that, whatever it is that Steve Sachs or Chuck Knobloch or Mackie Sasser, whenever you get that in your head, it's like it's, 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 it's truly the worst feeling. Yeah, no, and it just it just festers in there, and it seems to grow and infect every portion, every pore in your body. Because as much as you can talk yourself out of it, practice and say you're not going to do it, I'm with you. I've shanked plenty of golf balls on the course. <laughs> uh, you know, as soon as you stand over it, and the reality, you know, hits you that you're going to have to chip this ball. You know, some things go sideways, and it's tough to correct, man. Yeah, there's there, there's no doubt. You know, I understand why a lot of people have picked the Astros to win the division. The one that I, I scratch my head, and I understand their lineup is fantastic. I just I, – I, I don't buy the Angels have any pitching. Are, were you surprised how many people are like, I think the Angels are going to be good? Yeah, I, I really am. because And they're going to score runs. I mean, that's – you know, if Justin Upton is right, if Shohei Otani's healthy, you know, Rendon and Trout are going to do Rendon and Trout things where they get some MVP votes. Uh, Fletcher, you know, rumor that he's going to get a contract. He's a pesky guy at the top of the order. They have some good pieces on the on the offensive side. And to the point, in order to have some good pitching, you got to have depth. You got to have health. They don't. I mean, defensively, they're okay. 
So I don't know how the defense is going to protect that pitching, but I, I completely agree. I didn't see any improvements in that bullpen that show me that when they do get that lead or if they get that lead, that there's going to be guys coming out of that bullpen that will be locked down, shut down type guys coming out of that bullpen for them. And history, if history repeats itself, they're going to good starting pitching and then they're going to have one or two injuries and that's where they get exposed by the guys who are coming in to replace those holes in the rotation where they don't have that depth. Let's end on this. What are you most excited about for this season? 162 games. I mean, seeing who's who in a 60-game season, we really didn't get a chance to, you know, enjoy how good the Oakland A's could have been for a 162-game season because I think they were, you know, through the course of a season, I think they probably would have been better through the course of a season last year with the talent they had keeping Marcus Simeon. But uh, I'm excited for the battle that's going to be in the American League West because I think it's going to be a lot tighter than a lot of people think. Mariners are up and coming. They may surprise some people, but it's going to be a three, at least a three-team battle in the West. And then, of course, you know, seeing the other teams throughout the league, the Chicago White Sox intrigue me. Uh, watching the Atlanta Braves from afar is going to be a lot of fun. And then the biggest question probably is, you know, can the Yankees actually pull this off with the roster they have and go a little bit further in the postseason where they haven't been able to? Yeah, that sucks you're not going to be able to go see your own statue in Chicago on the south side. <laughs> yeah, I, I, unfortunately, I may have to put that on my own tab and go out there and, you know, fix that thing up a little bit. Well, you're a World Series hero. You deserve it. Hey, buddy, it's great to hear your voice. I can't wait till we get to see you back here in Oakland. Be well, be safe, and have a great call, and enjoy the next, basically, week with the A's and the Astros. <laughs> yep, I, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be some good games, and all the best to you too, Tony. I can't wait to see you. Take care. You too. The World Series hero, Jeff Blum, former Cal Bear. Great. I love that he called – apparently Roxy called everyone today. He called you. He called Blummer. He was texting me. He's actually on the call tonight for the A's Astros for ESPN, so kudos to Roxy. Yeah, I was like, are you coming on with us today because you're calling the game tonight? And he's like, uh, oh, that's right. It's Thursday. He's coming on tomorrow. Yeah. I, uh, confirmed a time with Roxy. Now we'll see if it stays. Uh, Roxy's so busy that a lot of times it moves around, but him and Chris Singleton we call in the game for ESPN Radio. ESPN confused me because the other day it said it was going to be Carl Ravitch and Chris Singleton, but Carl Ravitch was calling Yankees and Blue Jays today, so I don't know how he was going to do both games. Although Matty V did it last year, calling two playoff games in the same day. Dan Schulman's doing uh, – I, I was listening to our guy Dan Schulman, the voice of the Blue Jays, and also ESPN, who we recently had on A's Cast Live. And uh, he called Jays Yankees, and then he's going to call from Toronto our game here tonight uh, who, on uh, television, right? Yeah, on ESPN, on TV for ESPN so, with so, Kyle Peterson. So, so the play-by-play guy on television is going to be in Toronto. The play-by-play guy, Roxy, is going to be on the peninsula. <laughs> and Ken Singleton, I believe, lives in Atlanta. So you're going to have people from all over the country calling – tonight's game between the Athletics and the Houston Astros. And, you know, I I know around the country people are more interested. You know, it's always going to be, you know, the Yankees. I I think the new chic rivalry, Padres-Dodgers. But this rivalry here, this this is deep. It's deep because... It, it, it's about two organizations. We were like the first organization to turn them into Major League Baseball. 
know, there was a conversation at one point Bob Melvin had with A.J. Hinch. So this has been going on for a while. They have not liked each other for a while. We'll talk more about that next as we roll on. It's opening day. Happy opening day from the Coliseum right here on A's Cast Live. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. So we got the president, Dave Cavill, coming up here at 445. Is he calling in? Yeah, he'll be calling us. Um, I don't want to risk asking him to join us from somewhere in the in the stadium where we have the technical issue. So Dave's going to call us in, a, in about 10 minutes or so. All righty. Houston has won eight straight season openers. A win on Thursday would tie them for with four teams for the second longest streak all time. Trailing only... Do you know who? Hmm. It's a great question. I couldn't even... You have absolutely no chance at this. I'm going to say the Royals and the Mariners. The Boston Bean Eaters. <laughs> 1987, excuse me, 1887 <laughs> to 1896. Later, of course, they would become the Boston Braves. That my grandfather would be the MVP for in 1947 and playing the World Series against the Cleveland Indians in 1948. The last time Ray Fossey's tribe was to bring home the trophy. Uh, speaking of Fossey, I haven't seen him yet. Have you? He said he was going to come down and say hi, so he must not be here yet. Yeah, I see Ken Korak down there. We already talked to Ken, but... The great I, Ken Korak is here. Vince, uh, we saw Vinny. We've seen a lot of people so far, so it's... Yeah, who's, you said it was two teams. Who's the other team besides the Bean Eaters? Or was it just one? No, it's just one. Oh, it's just one, okay. So the Astros and the Bean Eaters, huh? <laughs> yeah. What a, what, a, what a name, first of all, but... Yeah, I mean, that streak might end today was Zach Greinke pitching. I, mean, I told you, he's 0-1. He doesn't pitch on opening day. And I, from what I know, I, I, I think it's in the notes about Greinke. He doesn't always pitch that great at the Coliseum either. So we'll see. We'll see. Hey, there's uh, there's David Force who's going to be calling us in Well, do you remember last minutes. year he didn't pitch well, and then he sat in the stands with the co- cardboard cutouts? I, well, we already, everyone already knows because we talk about it enough on the show. He's a really odd cat, man, but – I mean, he gets it done, and yeah, I remember him sitting <laughs> sitting in the stands. Uh, someone just that was a oh, thought that ball was a was a bomb, but nope, it was just caught at the uh, wall. The ball is deadened. I'm telling you right now, I'm watching right now, deadened ball, because we're seeing a lot of runs scored around the league today, and I I've been checking the box scores. Not a lot of them are home runs, or you know, doubles and singles. Are we getting that action that we're Theo's been promising us coming back? I mean, I mean. Day one, I mean, it's overreaction, uh, overreaction Thursday, but it, it might be. Well, I mean, we'll see how many home runs are hit tonight in the cool air at the Coliseum. Uh, it, 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 it really is one of the biggest issues that we're going we're gonna, to, you know, spring training, home runs were down, runs were down. But 
home runs have gone up every year in the last 12 years, but what, one year? Was it 2018 they didn't go up? Yeah, then the next year they hit 6,776 home runs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of like what we've seen in football where, you know, back in the day if you threw 30 touchdown passes, you were going to be the MVP. Well, now guys are throwing 40. 50s now, whatever Brady had with the record. I mean, and Peyton Manning. I mean, it's just 55. It's just offense just keeps getting. But we need the ball to get more in play. That is the bottom line. We need the ball in play. And the three true outcomes are making the game not as good. And we can talk about it. But these guys, I, I, I don't know if it's going to be deadening the ball is it getting rid of shifts whatever it is you got to have more action let's see balls in the gap let's see guys running first to third let's you know let's see something other than a walk a home run or a strikeout and hitters taking a little more pride with a two strike approach as we were talking about the other day with Dave Feldman doing green and gold history you know Jose Canseco's best year when he was a 40-40 guy he had a two strike approach he put the ball in play and still hit 40 home runs. Let's start seeing that. I mean, Matt Olson is better than what he was last year. Matt Chapman obviously was hurt. You're going to hear from Matt Chapman later on today as he feels healthy. After his rehab and everything, things are going good. But, you know, I think that's where Tommy LaStella came in late last year and changed this lineup. To me, that's what Jed Lowry does. No offense to Tommy LaStella. He's not Jed Lowry. When Jed Lowry is good and Jed Lowry is healthy, he's an all-star. He's arguably your best offensive player. Oh, I don't disagree with that one at all because LaSalle was nice when he was here for, what, the month that he was an A, well, if you include the postseason, two months. But uh, Jed coming back those years, those last two years he had in the year, he was an all-star with all the, you know, 23 homers, 99 RBIs. Uh, he, was, he was great for them. And if he can come back and be anything like that, it's going to be great. And – I mean, this team has power as we're watching Olsen and Chapman launch home runs and batting practice, so maybe the ball isn't dead. I don't know what to think anymore. I see guys hit balls to the wall, and then I see these guys hitting uh, balls out of the ballpark. But, uh, you know, one thing I just looked at, I want to, I'm a scoreboard watching, see what's going on around baseball because it is opening day. Remember when John Smoltz said that Madison Bumgarner was going to bounce back? This is going to be his year, Mad Bum's year. Mad Bum today, four innings, seven hits, six runs, six earned, three walks, six strikeouts. Yes, Madison Bumgarner, folks, is not coming back. That five-year deal they gave him might be the worst deal they've ever handed out to the Diamondbacks. And, yes, I'm overreacting on the first day of the season. But still, I mean, that's why, we, again, we talk about these contracts where you don't sign these big contracts. This is why. Because you're going you're gonna to regret something. If, for a guy that didn't perform, and it was only 60 games, it's why. So when you see Fernando – or. Uh, Francisco Lindor get, what did he get, th 10 years, $341 million? Jesus. Uh, hopefully that deal works out for the Mets. The Mets don't have a great track record when it comes to uh, big extensions. Wait, Bobby Bonilla didn't work out? Francisco Lindor's deal will end before Bobby Bonilla's deal ends. Bobby Bonilla is still getting paid when Lindor is done as a Met. Think about that for a second. That's incredible. The Jason Bay deal is one. They've had, so, I mean, there's been so many different deals they've had. Johan Santana. He got hurt, but still, I mean, that's it's just been a, a, a bad a ring uh, a string of bad luck with the uh, the Mets. But you know that's why the A's have been lucky. They they have a very good and healthy pitching staff aside from Mike Fires, and we'll see how Frankie Montas does when he when he comes back. 
But that's why you have a lot of optimism and excitement about this going into 2021. And, I mean, who better to start the season with, honestly, on opening day than the Astros? I mean, we didn't get, they're getting, the whole booing thing, we know about that already. But, you know, we forget, you know, people, we don't talk about enough. You know, that, that's who knocked the A's out of the playoffs last year. What are the Astros? We're not going to see 24 home runs hit in this four-game series like <laughs> we did at Dodger Stadium. But, you know, I bet that's – so that's a silver lining. I mean, what, that series was how many – was it? It was five games. Yeah. So in four games, I'll take the under on 24 home runs being hit at the Coliseum. Uh, that – that would be – that would be incredible. I mean, seriously, that would be incredible. But there's no way that – there's no way that's going to happen. You're not going to do that here at the Coliseum in the Marine with the Marine Lair. That is not going to happen. But, yeah, this is a great way to test yourself right out of the gate. Can you imagine you win two series against the Astros right out of the gate? You are sending a message. The A's want to send a message, we are better than you. And the Astros are like, bring it. We took you out of the playoffs. You won the division, but we took you out of the playoffs. So that's why it's a uh, it's a big league matchup right out of the gate to kind of, you know, showcase and the A's. And these teams are a little bit different, obviously. And the A's are going to be without their closer. So, I mean, it's – it's uh, let's get it on. It's going to be a good fight. Yeah, and I just want to see – I want to see how the – how Jesus Lazardo does tomorrow, which we'll get more into tomorrow, but I want to see how he does – and, you know, another year in the majors. This is going to be his first full season in the majors. And, you know, a lot of excitement. Tomorrow was him and Christian Javier. That's a great pitching match with two young guys on the mound. So that'll be a lot of fun. But I want to see Chris Bassett, how he builds off of what he did last year for the A's. Uh, in that month of September, he was unreal. The whole season, what was he, 5-2 and two, the two two nine ERA. He was unreal. Can, I want to see if he can build off of that and continue go, going because he had a strong 2019 as well. And this is just – there's a lot of hope for him coming out of the gate strong, and then you, f- you hope that that energy feeds off of him onto uh, the other guys in the rotation and the team. Seeing Matt Chapman back healthy, seeing that the hip. I mean, we we're watching him take batting practice. He looks uh, he looks healthy, and he told us he's healthy and he's ready to take on the Astros. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, I I like the fact that no one's kidding themselves, right? Everybody knows what the deal is, and that's why this is going to be uh, a lot of fun and it's going to be a uh, it's going to be an absolute battle. Do we have the president Dave Cavill on the line? Yes, you do, my friend. Happy opening day. Oh, I got to tell you, it just take people behind the curtain. I, I want to thank you for the, the 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 gifts. I thought that was a very classy move and I love how you gave us the box and say, "Don't open that till opening day," but everybody's been looking so forward. So let me just speak for all uh, A's employees. That was a really nice gesture. Thank you very much. Oh, you're so welcome. You know, it's surprise and delight, and you know the entire front office and baseball operations team and everyone has done such a uh, amazing job getting us to this moment uh, to open the stadium with our fans here against the Astros tonight at seven. And. What a matchup to start out, Dave. I mean, <laughs> to have the Astros this in town. Heavyweight battle. And, and heavyweight the, battle. And this the, is it right here, ALS. And the fans are going to be – this is the first time they're going to have to really face the music, Dave. They are going to face the music. It'll be interesting to hear how the music and the percussion and how it all works. But uh, I'm excited to listen and see it all in person. 
While you were roaming the Coliseum with all the uh, cardboard cutouts last season, what's it going to be like for you to have your fan base back in your stadium? Oh, it's just going to put a huge smile on my face. I know what it means for our players, uh, the energy it brings them, the excitement level, and really just the home field advantage that it means having the fans here at the Coliseum. So we can't wait. It's long overdue. It's been over a year. It's hard to believe it's been so long. And even though it's only 12,000 to start, it's going to be a raucous crowd tonight, I can tell. Yeah, you know, the thing is, Dave, about our 12,000, it's the loudest 12,000 in Major League Baseball. There's not a doubt in my mind. You're absolutely right. It's going to be a warm evening, so people are going to be really ready to go. And, um, no, we're fired up. You know, we, we've been saying here on A's Cast Live that, you know, everybody just needs to be patient. We're lucky to be back in the ballpark. I feel just blessed to be back in the ballpark. And, and, and I know a lot of people have been asking you quite – you've been very patient with people on Twitter, to be honest with you. But uh, I think everybody just has to understand that you're doing everything you can to keep everybody safe so that everybody can get back in the ballpark. Yeah, and, you know, safety is the top priority for the players, for the front office, game day staff, and, of course, our fans to ensure that we have a safe reopening, that we have the social distancing, the masking, that everything is done via the protocols that were established by the state, by the county. So I think we have a great operating plan. It's one that we used down in Arizona very effectively over the last month, and we're excited to host people, and we appreciate their patience and understanding as we're going to do some things slightly differently. Yeah, how great was it to be down there and just see the appreciation all the fans had uh, for being back in the ballpark, and we're going to get the same thing tonight. Yeah, it was a great vibe, and people were excited to be back. And, you know, a lot of the people were Ace fans who were in the Arizona area, and some people traveled in from the Bay Area or other places. And I think people were just excited to get back out there to see, you know, a great young team. We won a lot of games in spring training, too. I mean, it doesn't mean anything, but we did win a lot of games, almost won the Cactus League. And so there was a lot of Matt Olson home runs that people enjoyed rooting for. Yeah, hey, it's better to win than lose. No doubt, no doubt. You know, uh, there recently was an article about the Colorado Rockies in the Athletic where they're having some issues. And it made me think about what you guys have here, where you have Billy Bean, David Forrest, their staff, so many people have been here for so many years. It's like a family Bob Melvin's now the longest tenured manager in Major League Baseball with one team. Just what does it mean, uh, you know, under you to have that kind of continuity? Well, it's about family, like you said. You know, that's a special part of the A's culture. And I think it's a reason that's given us a leg up, especially with, you know, slightly less resources than some other teams, bigger market teams. And it's something we, we, you know, care deeply about. And I think people are excited this year to um, continue on with that family feeling on and off the field and build on it for hopefully a very successful run in the postseason uh, this year. You know, I asked Matt Chapman yesterday, and we're going to play the interview coming up here at 530. I asked Matt Chapman if, if, if this is the best A's team he's ever been on, and he immediately said yes You've seen these teams. What do you think about the 2021 Oakland A's? I think it's the best team, obviously, since I've been here for the last five years. I think with the mainline starting pitching, great bullpen, um, obviously the position players, the mass at the corners, um, and then also the playoff experience. County, don't forget that. You know, we've been in the playoffs three straight years. We won a playoff series last year. You build on that. 
And I think that gives the team more confidence and a feeling that there's unfinished business from last year. And we get a full season under our belt. We build that momentum, go into the you know October time period, look out. Yeah, we just had Jeff Blum on from the Houston Astros, former Cal Bear. And he, he was like, you know, if the A's would have played a full season, they would just keep on getting better. And that's, you know, I, I, that's why I'm looking so forward to this team because it's built – Dave, the way you want it. You want to have guys in their prime, you want to have veteran players, and you want to have young players pushing all of them. I think they have all three of that, the way the roster has been built. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and getting a guy like Jed Lowry back and bringing in Mitch Moreland, you know, you have a lot of pieces, like critical pieces. You know, David and Billy do such a great job of piecing all that together, and then, you know, Bob is our skipper with his staff. You know, they get people motivated and, and coach them up in a positive way. And it's just a great combination. I think you'll see that out on the field this year. So how are you going to take in games this season? Well, I mean, it's a little odd because, you know, I'm still in with the the players with the tier two, you know, myself, David Forrest, and some of the rest of us. So we have to be a little careful. We have to stay socially distanced and, you know, adhere to all the protocols. So I I won't be doing a bunch of selfies. I got to stay socially distanced from folks. But, you know, hopefully that relaxes as, you know, there's more vaccinations and, you know, obviously the different tiers uh, kind of decrease. So I'll, I'll, I'll be I'll be around, but maybe not quite as uh, front and center as I've been in the past just because of some of the protocols. And, you know, I, we want to make sure we adhere to all the guidelines and do everything safely. Sonny. Speaking of the vaccinations, just how proud of you of what the A's and the Coliseum and everything that I've heard people have been vaccinated here said it, it, it was so easy to do other places. I guess it's been hard, but I guess what you guys have been able to do here, it, it was second to none. Well, it's the first federal site in the United States here at the Coliseum, you know, over 250,000 people have been vaccinated here. It's an incredible um, feat. It's something obviously working directly with the County public health, uh, Rebecca Kaplan, who's on the vice vice mayor, you know, everyone working together to make this happen. Eric Solwell, who's our congressman, it was a great effort and it was complicated, but it's well worth it because it's having a great impact on our community, especially the areas in and around the ballpark, communities of color that were really negatively affected by COVID. So we've done everything we can to support that. It's obviously going on today when we have opening day. We have everything going on here at the Coliseum. Um, but they're all positive things, and I think people are happy about that. Yeah, I know you're busy. We truly appreciate the time. It's great to hear from you, and thank you for letting us back in the ballpark. We've missed it so much and can't wait to get this 2021 season uh, going once again because I'm bullish on this team. I think they're going to be very good. Stay safe, and we'll talk soon. All right, let's go Oakland. The president of your organization, Dave Cavill. Yeah, I mean, think about that. We got people getting vaccinated at the same time we're going to be playing baseball. I, I didn't get a chance to see that side of the Coliseum when I came in, but uh, you know I've heard everything that people have gone here for the vaccinations has gone smoothly. So that's a that's a testament to you know the cooperation our organization's done with FEMA and the, the government to get this done. And as, Cavill, uh, as Dave Cavill mentioned, two over two hundred fifty thousand people got have gotten vaccinated here. That's great to hear and. We're seeing it increase more and more in California and around the country where I literally just read a little bit ago, and this is going back to the national situation, uh, Britt Giroli of The Athletic pretty much said that the entire national team is now under quarantine. So, I mean, that, they, they, it's, this is getting really bad for the nationals. I mean, it was it was one guy. Now, I read earlier, I think it's now up to three players have tested positive. So, 
the national situation is just really, really – I don't know what happened there. We're not around the team, obviously. but Well, from what I've heard, there was like five or six guys that were on a private plane together. And one of the guys tested positive. Now two more have tested positive. And that's where – I mean, just take you behind the curtain as – Cody, I think you noticed. I just, I just signed up my appointment. I got a text from a friend. I, they, um, all of a sudden, somehow Santa Clara County, where we live, got a bunch of doses, and I just got the text going, "Go on and sign up now." So I'm scheduled now Monday at Levi Stadium. I mean, I had to. I know this is an opening date. It's the first show, but getting a vaccinate. You've been vaccinated, so me getting a vaccine. Uh, very important to me, obviously. My wife has already been because she's a teacher. So uh, I, I just literally signed up about 10 minutes ago while while we were talking. And thank you for taking over a little yeah. bit. Um, <laughs> I, I was like, I, I'm thrilled because my the, the appointment I had before was for April 15th. And I'm like, come on. So, but yeah, I mean, it's a big, this is why I'm worried about minor league baseball. If those guys are in a private plane, same thing in a bus. I mean, I mean, you're a minor league baseball player. You're going to be traveling around in a bus with guys who are young. Are you telling me, you know, in certain states where bars are open, you're telling me these minor league guys are just going to go to the ballpark and go back to their hotel every single game? See, the big leaguers have to because they've got so much on the line. And they, 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 they know – what last year was like. They know how much money they lost. Now, minor leaguers, obviously, they should be like, we lost, you know, by the time they start playing, it's going to be, they they haven't played in 20 months. Or, yeah, by the time they start, if that season goes on time, it'll be about 20 months since they've played, so you hope they'd all be responsible. But it takes one guy not to be responsible, and you're traveling around with that guy on a bus – they're not. They're not flying charters. They're not. They're. You know, this is a whole different ball game. So I, I, I'm. I'm. I'm truly worried about the minor league season. I just hope these guys get to play, like you said, because we want to see the. You know, a lot of teams are. Their the value of their players are are based off of how they perform. If you don't play, how are you evaluating your minor league season? Say getting going into the trade deadline, the A's want to acquire someone to you know help bolster their race towards winning the AOS this year. How, how do you evaluate it if there's not many minor league games played? But you're, I mean, are we still going back to dating it off of 2019 stats? I mean, it's been two full years almost since these guys have played. If that's really the case, but fingers crossed, they get they get to play next week or next month is when they're supposed to start. I think it's May 6 is when all three levels in the minor leagues will start playing. We'll see those new rules implemented too, which I know a lot of people are excited about. Bigger bases, the shift, can only step off the mound twice. Pitch, uh, what was it? There was another one. Oh, the, uh, they're doing automated strike zone. You can only throw over twice. Per batter, per batter. But yes. you can still step off and yeah, throw th- over. Pick off twice But you're But ne- you're, you're not going to pick anybody off doing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lefty maybe, uh, but, but a righty was... ain't going to get anybody. Well, and you know what may be smart? And I, 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 I think we're all tired of being – stopping and pushing stuff back and that. But it might be smart at some point to maybe not even start the minor league season until June because hopefully 
every player will be vaccinated by then. In theory. It's not about it. I mean, it's it. You got to get these guys to. You know, it's everyone's choice if they want to get the vaccination. Of course, but um, if you want to have a season, I think that's the way you have to start leaning towards. And you know, like the Astros, they went back to Houston. A lot of the guys got vaccinated, and you know, Dusty Baker's not uh, not a spry chicken anymore. He's getting up there in age. So I mean, it's smart to, for these teams to do it. I mean, I, I just I'm hoping that we can get the Nationals thing will you know will be the only hiccup we have all year. And I know it stinks that it happened on opening day, but. Hopefully that's the only thing that happens, and we can have a full season of no, you know, no more outbreaks or anything like that, and we'll get to see. Because I'm sure there was a lot of people, including myself, wanted to see the Mets play. I mean, I wanted to see the Mets more than the Nationals play today. Wanted to see the new newly uh, newly anointed uh, 341 million dollar man play on playing the Mets, but we didn't get a chance to. So hopefully, the we'll get to see the Nats play or the Nats and Mets play this weekend. If not, it might be you know the next home the next series for the for the Mets to start playing, but. Um, hopefully they get this under control, and that's the only one we see all season. Yeah, and uh, coming up here in moments is David calling us. Yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm staring at our Google Meets screen, even though we're not doing a face-to-face -face anymore on there right now. I'm waiting for him to pop up on here. So Yeah, that is different because usually Cody and I are looking at each other, so I normally know when the guest shows up. Now that we're together again, which is odd. When's the last time we did a show face-to-face? -face? I want to say it was the – I don't count the where we were crammed in the small studio in Jack London and Jack London Square in the office. So the last show we were at among among people and peers was probably the winter meetings. 20, really? Yeah. God. Oh, and David's there. That is unbelievable. The general manager of your Oakland Athletics, David Force, with us here on A's Cast Live. Happy opening day, David. Happy opening day to you, Chris. What's it like for you opening day? Because you've created this team. You've put this team together. <laughs> you've done everything you can. Now they got to go out and perform. Uh, well, first of all, I, I didn't create anything. These guys got themselves here, and uh, they've worked, they worked all spring for it. But um, it's torture is, is the answer that you were looking for. So, yeah, we've, do we've done everything we can, and now we have to sit back and watch. So, um yeah, I uh, I probably stress more on opening day than just about any other night of the year because you have nothing else to uh, to really draw your narrative with other than what happens on the field in those three hours and everybody else is going to make a big deal of it whether good or bad and um, you just want to get to get to the next one. How tough is uh, it to watch? Like when you're just sitting there how's watching that it. For, how's that for an inspiring opening day answer? <laughs> you sound excited. No, but I mean, it's got to be. It's got to. I mean, we know for years Billy couldn't watch it, and he's down there on the treadmill. Uh, how do you watch it? Yeah, I mean, that's always the thing about these games is is watching watching can be really tough. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm in the box with our baseball ops group watching and making sure that we – you know, we have feedback to give to Bob and the coaching staff and, and you know, we're up there working. But, um, but yeah, sometimes it would be nice just to, to fast forward a couple hours and see what the result is. Just how happy are you for Jed Lowry that he's back, he's healthy, and, he, and, and you know, we're wondering, can't even make the team, and he's in the lineup tonight. I know. It's fantastic. I mean, we – you know, we talked about this in the off season. We, you know, we we connected with Jed's agent, and and then our medical staff talked to Jed and the surgeon who did his, his procedure. And you know, it was all very hypothetical. Hey, you know, it, it would be great if if Jed were healthy, if Jed were Jed, and and 
the reality is he, he, from really the first day during spring training, has looked like the guy who's here in 2018. And, um, and it's exciting to see, see him in the lineup, back, back at second base, like not even just sort of DHing. Like he's out there and he's ready to go. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Were you shocked how much he played in spring? You know, I, I wasn't only because, you know, our, our medical staff, you know, we, we ask them to go through this process with every player who comes in the organization and, and look through the file, look at their history, give us a grade, tell us what the risk is. And, and they're, they're really tough graders. And, and when they, you know, when Nick Paparest, our head athletic trainer said, look, Jed sounds like he's in a really good place. And the surgeon said they took care of what was bothering him the last two years. When, when he sort of said that, I, I kind of felt pretty good about it. And, and look, anything can happen on opening night. You could take a, you know, whatever. But he's, he's played every day in the spring. He's gone out there. He's been one of the guys. Uh, and it's, a, it's a great story. We just told the story. Speaking of another guy that at one point was injured, uh, it was a story when back when we were in Japan and Chris Bassett, had the fourth option uh, because of the Tommy John surgery. I remember I talked to him. I remember I came up to you and talked to you about it, and it was obviously a very tough call to think where we were then, and he's now your opening day starter. How proud are you of Chris? Yeah, he's he's really worked hard. I mean, everything from going up and down to the surgery to working his way back in the you know in the bullpen and as a starter, like for him to to get back here and earn that opening day start. I mean, there's no doubt he did. I mean, he was he was our most consistent guy last year. He's the guy who took the ball in the playoffs. You know, got us there. He he really did earn this. So it's it's a lot of fun when you you know, you watch that develop over years. You get to know a guy uh, and see see that kind of success. That's that's incredibly re- rewarding just to be a part of. Take me back to the Rule Five draft and Mark Canna. And when you drafted him in the Rule Five draft, did you ever think Mark Canna would be your longest tenured player and be batting leadoff on opening day? That that's amazing to think about our, our longest tenured player. Um, no, I mean we we knew at the time that, that he had done everything he could at AAA, and hey, that's what the Rule Five draft is about: give a guy a chance in the big leagues. And and he was a local guy, San Jose, Cal. Like it was a nice little story, but uh, but I don't think we imagined uh, this down the road. And, and even when he got here, you know, he had a little success. He got hurt. Missed, missed almost a full year, and again, you, you sort of look at all the, all the backstories on this club, and, and for Mark to sort of persist and, and get to where he's been, just you know, really through, through turn, turning himself into a really good player, it's been great. You know, watching BP, David, the two mats just launching balls and hitting them real hard. These guys are in their prime. What are your expectations of your corner infielders? Uh, well, it... it would probably be hard to overstate our expectations based on, based on who they are, what they've done, and then more importantly, based on what they did this spring. I mean, Ole uh, absolutely dominated the ball all spring, starting with you know simulated games on the backfield. He was hitting home runs off our own guys, um, <laughs> and then and then Chappie, his first game out there, dives to the backhand, gets up, makes a throw, um, and just about every ball that left his barrel this spring was over 100 miles an hour. So, you know, he feels good. He, you know, his legs are clearly under him. So um, it, I don't, you know, I don't think it's a secret. We, we go as far as those two guys take us, and, and what they did this spring was exciting. How tough was it putting uh, Trevor on on the IL today? 
Yeah, that, that you know, that's the one the disappointment we have coming into today is that he just you know, as Bob said earlier, he just wasn't bouncing back the way that, that he wanted to uh every time he went out there and threw. So there's you know, there's a little fatigue, a little inflammation in his shoulder. We we hope we have a chance to knock it out. But um but yeah, I mean you, 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 those are the things you sort of overcome along the way and we've got you know, we've got the depth in the bullpen, we'll have guys step up. I know Bob's prepared to to match up and figure out what the roles are, but uh, I think we're, you know, hopeful that uh, you know Trevor gets through this and, and knocks it out and gets back here soon. And you know, talk about a, a, a good note is, you know, AJ Puck got through spring. He's healthy. We had him on the show. He said he feels great. And I got to think he, he's still big plans for for your club in 2021. Without a doubt, and and one of yeah, one of the really nice things of spring is we we sort of turned uh, a little bit of a disappointment in, in fires being behind into a real opportunity for Cole Irvin, Dalton Jeffries, and AJ, and those guys all went out and competed and enjoyed each other. I mean, I saw them more than once. The three of those guys playing cards together in the clubhouse. I think they fed off each other. You saw it a little bit on Twitter between Cole and Dalton, and um, and they all pitched great. And and honestly. We didn't make that decision until yesterday, until we looked at some of the other factors and the matchups. And I have no doubt, uh, you know, Cole's here on opening day, but those other guys, they're going to be a big part of what we do over the next six months. So I, I imagine we'll see them sooner rather than later. You know, there's some people who believe because of the shortened season and these guys didn't throw like they normally did, it could affect them this season. Scott Emerson, your great pitching coach, said there's no data to support that. Just how much depth do you think you're going to need, and do you buy this theory that guys are going to be a little slow because of last season? Yeah, I, I don't think there's one theory across the board that we're going to see. I think some guys are going to be rested and come out, you know, come out hot. Some guys are, are going to be rusty and, and take some time to to sort of get in the groove. So I, I think it's going to be on a case by case basis, and that's how we're going to handle the pitchers really i mean everybody had a different workload last year um you know you talk about a guy like aj in particular you know he, he's coming off almost a year and a half of not pitching so that maybe that's a different case but everybody else between here the alternate site instructional league got some level of work in and we're just gonna have to monitor how guys feel uh, as we get into the sort of dog days of the summer you know when you talk to jesus lazardo the kids got star written all over him He's good looking. He can talk. He's got an electric arm. Is this the year that he burst out on the national stage? Well, if it's not, it's it's not because of a, a lack of self confidence. I, I know, you know, Jesus thinks uh, his time is here. He's worked hard. He and AJ actually, you know, to bring AJ up again. He's, they spent all season working out together. He's healthy. He's, you know, he's ready. I know he really wants to make 30-plus starts for the first time in his career, and uh, he certainly believes in himself, and obviously we're, we're putting him out there night two, so we feel pretty good about him as well. And, uh, yeah, that'll be one of the fun things to sit back and watch this season. If you're in the lead in the next couple days and you're going to close the game out, is it going to be Deekman or are you just going to you're going to play it by matchups? Oh, it's kind of like you were in Bob's office with me and him earlier trying to figure this out. Um, <laughs> now, look, Jake's, you know, before we signed Rosie, obviously Jake was the guy we were leaning on, and he's he's earned that shot. And I, and I think he's, you know, he's the guy we'll look to. That said, I mean, we're facing a team with a pretty good stretch of left-handers here and, you know, Brantley, Alvarez, and Tucker. If those guys come up in an important situation before the ninth, I don't think Bob will hesitate to, to use Jake there. And then, 
you know, see who's else. We've got, you know, you got closing experience with Romo. You've got experience doing everything with Petit. Uh, and you've got a couple of electric arms in Trevino and, and JB that I don't think Bob's afraid to use. So I, I think we'll, we'll, it'll develop at least over this first homestand, if not over the first month of the season, how we're going to handle it. Yeah, I love how you, you've built the roster. As you, you mentioned, uh, you, you brought in veteran guys. You got guys in your prime. You got young players, Murph and Lazardo, and eventually Puck, young players who got such great upside. And just talk about the roster the way it is. I think it's just built perfectly. Well, I appreciate the, the kind words. We, we will see as of about 7.07 tonight how this roster is built. Yeah. Well, hey, isn't it, isn't it, isn't it fitting you get the Astros right out of the gate? It is, yeah. I don't think our guys would want it any other way. I mean, we were we were scheduled to play them early last season after everything that they went through, you know, between 19 and 20, and that obviously didn't happen. We got a lot of them in the season, and then uh, ultimately, obviously, they, they sent us home last year. So I think our guys are anxious to go out and prove something, and they're happy to be facing these guys opening night. And then after that, you know, we won't, we won't talk to you before then. How about go from the Astros to here come the world champs, the Dodgers? Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, there's no pillow, soft pillow landing here for us. The first ten games, um, yeah, go Astros, Dodgers, and then back into Houston for their uh, their home opener in front of who knows how many fans. So, uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna find out a little bit about our team in the first ten days. And you know, the nice thing is it's it's a marathon again this year. We're back to 162, and hopefully we you know we take our time, we figure out who we are, and uh, the goal is to still be standing there in September. Well, I know you're very busy on opening day. We truly appreciate you stopping by. Good luck tonight. Good luck the rest of the series, and we'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks a lot, Chris. David Forrest, the general manager of the Oakland Athletics. And you know where I get that? I get that from Buck Showalter. They talk about how Buck Showalter is – he was a great builder when you think about it. Like, he built the start of that great Yankee run. And then, of course, they'd get rid of him, and Joe Torre would come in, and he got to reap all the rewards. But then if you remember what happened is the Diamondbacks were announced as a franchise, and he went to Arizona before they ever had a big league club, and he started building the D-backs. And I remember when he was working at ESPN back when we talked about it the other day, when we actually watched baseball tonight and actually ESPN cared about baseball, he did a whole thing on how to build a roster. And that's where I get the – You ideally you would want your starting catcher either to be a right-handed hitter or left-handed hitter and your backup to be the opposite. And But he, he talked about you got to have guys in your prime, got to have the older veterans, the guys that can help lead, and then you got to have young players, young good players who are going to push everybody. And is that not what this team is? Oh, no, it's for sure. And I'm, I'm trying to think of that Orioles team that he had. Remember? They, hey, he got down to the playoffs. Yeah, well, remember, his catcher was a switch hitter, Matt Weider, so he had both. He could, his catcher did both. Uh, he had veterans like Mark Trumbo, like to play first base, and I guess Chris Davis, the other Chris Davis. Back when he was an MVP candidate. Yeah, when he could hit 50 home runs a season. Then you had the uh, veteran players like Nick Markakis and Adam Jones, who had the veteran leadership, and then some young hothead named Manny Machado, who ended up being one of the best players in baseball. So Buck, Buck is right with the way you build your team, and he's a smart manager. Um, and I, I remember Bill Parcells before uh, told us when I did sports talk how to build an NFL roster, and it's the same thing. When you think, every time you say that, I think of the, what Bill, Par, Par, Bill Parcells had to say. 
But looking at the ace team, yeah, you got veteran leaders. You have the guys. I mean, do we call? Do we consider Olsen and Chapman veteran leaders now? I mean, I guess they they would have to be. You have Jed Lowry back, who's a veteran. You have the young guys like Lazardo and Sean Murphy, and they they have all the right pieces. And their bullpen is a bunch of veteran guys that have been pitching here. Not a lot of guys that are young. I mean, I guess Birch Smith would be a guy that's still considered. He's not young age wise, but I guess his familiarity to everyone is still he's kind of new. So you got guys like that that are coming up through the bullpen. It's I like the way the bullpen's constructed. By the way, I mean I like Deekman. I like what David Force had to say. I think what he had, when he had to say the part about it's like what the Rays did with Nick Anderson, where they bring him in. High, they're not afraid to bring him in high leverage situations if it's a sixth or seventh inning. I think that's the same thing you could do with Jake Diekman. If it's if you have three lefties coming up or two out of three and you want to have him pitch, it's totally what you could have have the A's do, and then you could have Trevino or or Wendelkin or Romo close out the ninth. I mean, let, I, let's be honest on Sergio Romo. As long as he's flipping that slider up there, <laughs> this guy, I mean, he's got 134 career saves. He was a closer. He was on Minnesota last year. No, no, no. He, he – he, he, he was in the bulb. He was like the setup guy for the third title. He was the closer for the second title of the yes. Giants. Was he, he wasn't there for the first one, was he? I want to, because uh, Brian Wilson was a the closer then. Uh, let's see, Sergio Romo, do you have his baseball reference? Yes, he was. Yeah, so yeah. He's got three World Series rings, for God's sakes. Yeah, and he was a closer for one of them. What, it went Wilson, Romo, then what, was it Santiago Casilla? Yeah. Former A with a, what was his name before? He Yario, uh, <laughs> Yario Garcia, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, you, if you have guys, in, that, that's why it's, that was why it was a really smart move signing a guy like him. Uh, like, if you look at the, the Blue Jays situation, now Kirby Yates is out for the year. If you're not a baseball fan or a casual baseball fan, you probably have no, no idea in the world who the hell Jordan Romano is. And he came in and shut the Yankees down in the ninth inning to get that game to extra innings, and he's supposed to be their closer. And the Jays go on to win that game. The Jays leading the uh, AL Central or AL East with the Rays so far to start the year, which is crazy because we're, again, overreacting on opening day because, uh, again, I told you how the Pirates are number one in the NL Central. But I really like the way that the roster is constructed. And, you know, if you look at it, you look at Houston's lineup, roster for a second, they got a lot of guys that are – they don't – they're young players they have or p- mainly pitchers. And you got, and you got Kyle Tucker. So a lot of their youth is in pitching, and that's – I mean, that's what they need help in a lot this year. So I think the A's have – when everyone talks about the Astros, it's it's because they can score runs, and we've gone over this. They're going to be able to score runs, but will they be able to prevent other teams from scoring runs? Because a lot of their guys in their bullpen are a lot of unknowns, including our guy Ryan Stanek. Like, he was not that great last year pitching for the Marlins. Well, he's got to get back into his role. Yeah, you, you got Dusty uh, – just forget the fifth open, the the fifth starter. You got a guy that can start games for you. He needs to be the. You, you got to let the opener be the opener. Yeah, and and I we're hoping to talk to him. I'm still waiting to hear back from the Astros on it, but they told me that he he would be available. And we I told him like we already talked to him on the field. Do you need a picture? I'll send you the image of him standing on the field talking to us with the race. <laughs> He's friend of the program. He's one of our original friends. It was like him and Trey Mancini were one of the original players from other teams that. We're uh, one of the first people to came, come on the show when we did it in 2019, which, again, crazy. That was the last time we were actually here was in 2019. So we're uh, we're back here again, and, and it's great to be here for open. This is my first opening day doing Ace Cast with you. 
Well, I mean, we did it last year in July, but we did it from home, and it was different circumstances. That didn't count. Yeah. That didn't count. And it was I, late July. And I joined I joined the a, the organization a little after opening day in 2019. So this is my first time being here as a member of the A's broadcasting team, which is – this is the thrill. I mean, I love it. I mean, hey, we, hey, let's be honest. Ever since we became full-time employees, the A's win. Yeah, I mean, I, the, A's have, the A's have missed the playoffs since I've been here, so. I mean – you got to put two and two together. I mean, they brought us on board. We bring wins. I mean, I, I carried the Warriors to two championships. It's time now I carry the A's to another one. Yeah, I mean, I never worked for another team, so I guess you could say I'm, I'm, a, I'm highly regarded in the, in the role of when you, when you bring me on, your team wins. Do I need to bust out my Sabercats championship ring? Uh, I got rid of the audio of the Ric Flair music, but you need to bring that to the call scene one day. When, and when, you see, uh, when we see Ray – He'll flash his Where is Ray Fossey? Uh, I don't see him down there. I, I also see his he's, he's here. I'm telling you, he's here. I he's got to be here. We could text him and tell him to come down and say hi. All right, so you got Bassey leading off, then Jesus Lazardo tomorrow night, Cole Irvin on Saturday, and then on Easter Sunday, Sean Manaya will take the ball. Saw Sean throwing a little bullpen earlier today as we were getting ready for the program. So three straight lefties. Interesting. Well, as David just said, they they I mean, you look at their lineup. Reggie, Altuve. Yeah, but Jordan, yeah, yeah. Brantley, Tucker, Kyle Tucker, no batting gloves like George Brett. <laughs> Very impressive. He's a he's a got to watch. I mean, I know we don't talk about the Astros. He's a got to watch this year for Houston. If he can blossom into the all-star they think he can, they they will be good offensively. Oh, there's there's Altuve with a nice throw from well, no, that was out too. That was Correa. Sorry. So, uh, at that ballpark, you should put up numbers. You know who's not here that, unfortunately, we won't be able to talk to? Our buddy Josh Reddick. I don't think any, I don't think he's even signed with that I, I haven't heard of him signing at all. No. it's. Like, I still think the craziest, uh, the the biggest name unsigned free agent is probably Edwin Encarnacion. But, I mean, with no universal DH, can't really uh, look at him playing somewhere in the American League. Although I can't, I'm a little surprised at the White Sox to bring him back now with the injury to Eli Jimenez. But yeah, I mean Josh Reddick is unsigned. There's a lot of guys that are still unsigned. Last time we were here, we had Reddick on with Coco. Yeah, that you know that was awesome. Two guys. He comes up. What's up, Red? I mean, they had you know they used they used they used, they used to they used to party a little bit together. So it was fun having those. And that's one of the things I, I do miss. I do miss being on the field. And just the players coming by and being able to talk to the players. By the way, did you know that Chris Bassett has one of the longest active scoreless inning streaks going into tonight? Actually, I'm going to lie and say no, but I, the answer is yes because I saw the notes. Uh, I saw that note, but I don't have my actual computer in front of me, so I can't ever look at any of it. Now that we're back doing this live, I can't have two computers in front of me, so like I feel so – Vulnerable, cheat, yeah, vulnerable. That I, I don't have any of the, the notes I can, I would, re, you know, use any other time. So uh, I remember seeing that. And I was like, you know, it's uh, it's crazy because he's been so good the last two years, and I'm not. I mean, I can't say I'm really surprised. It's just uh, incredible that he ha he's the guy that's carrying that streak. What's the streak again? Devin Williams, the changeup specialist for Milwaukee, he has a scoreless streak of 22. And two-thirds innings. Because he gave up a run like his first outing last year and then didn't give up another run. That's why he was the NL reliever of the year. And then Bassey is fourth. He's 13 and two-thirds. Start date was September 18th, 2020. 
Yeah, well, I remember that month of September he had was incredible. Uh, he he was just he was great all of last year for them, and I'm not surprised with Devin Williams having a streak because how good he is. But he doesn't pitch every five days. He doesn't pitch the amount of innings the starters go. That's why when when Oral Horsheiser had that streak, it was incredible because he was a starting pitcher. It's different when a guy like Eric Gagne didn't blow a save in how many games. He's not pitching every day, so it's different. It's different. So. I hope Bassett can continue that streak, but this Astros lineup is very good, so it's, a big, it's going to be a challenge for him out of the gates. I'm just seeing from your notes here, the Lindor deal, 10 years, $341 million. I mean, where's this going? Was he, I think he's the fourth highest paid player in baseball now. Can you imagine $341 million doesn't make you the highest paid? I mean, obviously Trout is at 435 I mean, but that's like, at what point are – there's going to be none of those contracts left because not everybody's going to like. If Carlos Correa is turning down 120, and he thinks he should get 300 million, there's only so many teams that are going to do that. Yeah. And like, 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 and, and I hear our fan sign Matt Chapman. Well, I mean, what's Chapman going to want? Is he going to want 200 something million? Does he want 300 million? I mean, at what point do you realize? These contracts aren't the – we've said it over and over again. The majority of them end up not being good deals. Where When's it going to stop? Yeah, well, the Mets have a really bad track record of signing those really big deals. Like I said, Jason Bay, Oliver Perez, Bobby Bonilla. And it may, I think Lindor's now the third highest paid player in the league. And think about this. He took 10 years, $341 million. Carlos Correa got offered $221 million, less than he did. And, they, and he, and everyone's expecting him to take that offer. I mean, he's what, Correa's 26, or no, he just turned 27. He's in that age group. He's going to be among those four shortstops this offseason where we're in like an old, a golden age of shortstops, essentially. You got him, you got Baez, Story, and Seager, all free agents, coming up after the season because it doesn't look like the Correa deal is going to happen. The only other contract extension that did happen today, and you hate to see it, is uh, ace killer David Fletcher signed a five-year extension with the, uh, the Angels. For five for twenty six million, but according to John Heyman, it could be up to forty one million. So the guy, one of the guys that absolutely kills the A's, like Mitch Moreland did, <laughs> is now going to be in Anaheim for five years longer. So those are like the only contract. That's the only extension I saw today, because you know a lot of players set their deadline for today. We saw Lindor sign his last sign, obviously. So, you know, I I I hate to make the comparison to football, but I think it is a good one. You know, the reason why Tom Brady. Has has played in in ten of the fifty five Super Bowls. That's so that's so incredible. Ten of the fifty five Super Bowls. He's never been the highest paid quarterback. Never, he's ne- never, never asked to be. He's never the highest paid player on his team. No. I mean, a- at some point, if all the money's going to you, uh, FYI, Mike Trout hasn't won anything. Why? Because they have no pitching. So Mike Trout can make four hundred and thirty-five million or whatever the heck it is, but he's not going to win. I am betting. I'm betting against the Angels all day long. They're going to have an offense that can probably keep them around five hundred, but they they just they just their pitching stinks. And it's like, you know, when you put all your money into just a couple guys, it's just not smart. And and you know who's the one team that that you you know kind of figured it out. Finally, was the Yankees? Yeah, they're they're. I mean, they took on John Carlo, but didn't the Marlins are paying some of that? Yeah, and I mean, the only guy they're they're pitching the the only pitcher they're really paying obviously is Garrett Cole, but 
Um, he was really good tonight on opening day at eight strikeouts. But, I mean, they're not really paying Jamison Ty on anything. Kluber's making like $11 million. You know, they're, they, they, they're trying to find an inefficiency in the market now with these injured pitchers that are coming back. And, but, I mean, they're looking to win a World Series for the first time since 2009, so what do you expect? But, yeah, they, they, they're, they're not really signing these big deals anymore. I mean, the DJ LeMahieu extension – he was worth it. I mean, he's this only he's the first guy to ever win the batting title in both leagues. But it's not crazy. You know, it's like back in the day when they were only negotiating against themselves for A-Rod. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, like who else was going to like, – like, if they said, you know what, A-Rod, we're, we're not going to go that high. What was he going to do? No one wanted that. No one wanted his – they didn't want the issues. They didn't want to deal with – no one wanted A-Rod. They were negotiating. It was dumb. They were negotiating against themselves. Yeah, some hey. of those deals have been bad, too. Like Jacoby Ellsbury, like you're trying to give a guy, all these guys a ton of money, and then it worked out to Ellsbury. That was a horrible contract for them. And think about the Dodgers. Okay, they paid Mookie. That's it. Kershaw, well, Kershaw makes good loot. And, J- and Kenley Jansen. But the only guy under contract X amount of years from now is only Mookie Betts. Yeah. They have financially done it the right way. I just don't know. Like, at some point, like, every single time you have a great free agent, I mean, they're going to be – I mean, what's next? Someone's going to want $500 million? You might as well say, hey, you know what, man? He, he, here's the franchise you pay me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, we, when we forget that the Dodgers signed Trevor Bauer to, what was it, $40 million this year, and he could potentially be 45 next year. It's a great deal, though, because yeah. it's a short-term contract, and then they can, be, they can bounce. Yeah, especially especially you know, if he doesn't, if they don't like how he pitches this year or whatever, yeah, they can totally get out of it. And it's smart because they're going to have to pay Bellinger. They're going to have to figure out if they want to resign Seager. But they've been really smart how they done it. The biggest free agent contract that he's that um, Andrew Freeman's given up prior to Trevor Bauer was AJ Pollock, and it was like sixty four million dollars over four years. Think about it this way: Farhan Zaidi's biggest free agent signing. Tommy Lastella, three years for $19.5 million. That's a big deal. It is for them, yeah. Well, because everyone thinks next year they're going to be players. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody's going to want the Giants' money. Okay, you know what? <laughs> Not trying to be a Giants hater, but when I see a bunch of big, big-name free agents wanting to sign with the Giants offensively, if I see it, I'll take it back. But I've never seen it. Bonds is the only guy, and that was Bonds coming home. Coming up next... He's your third baseman. He's your leader. Matt Chapman will join us right here on A's Cast Live. Hi, this is Sean Manaya. Sean Manaya has no hit the Red Sox. And you're listening to A's Cast, your 24-7 destination for A's baseball. Now batting, third baseman, number 26, Matt Chapman. He'll be hitting fourth tonight here at the Coliseum. He's poised for a huge year. He's healthy. He's ready to go. He plays this game with kind of a football mentality, a tough guy mentality. I love watching him play. You love watching him play. Here is your platinum glove and gold glove third baseman, Matt Chapman. He is your star third baseman for your Oakland Athletics. Matt Chapman is with us here on A's Cast Live. And I got to think showing up to the Coliseum and knowing that you're going to be playing in front of fans, you just got to be juiced for the 2021 season. I can't wait. I know uh, I know our whole team's excited. I'm excited. I know the city of Oakland's excited. 
you know, we feel like we've got a great team and the fact that we get to play in front of our home fans, I mean, is just even better. I am so glad what you said to the media because I've been echoing the exact same thing going, I don't understand how people don't realize that this team's won 97 games two straight years, won the division last year. You guys, if you guys would have played at the same clip last year, you would have won 97 games again. I, Matt, I, I just don't get what they don't see about your ball club. I don't get it either. Uh, maybe uh, it's because our stadium's not sexy. Maybe it's because uh, we don't have the highest payroll or we're not from New York or L.A. But <laughs> I uh, – I, I don't know. I don't get it, you know, but uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, that's, those things don't matter because, you know, those those writers and the people that make those kind of, uh, you know, write those things and say those things, they don't go out there and play the game. So they don't they don't understand what it takes to, you know, get to where we're at. And, you know, I I care. I care about, uh, you know, our team and our success. And we put in all that hard work. So, if, you know, it doesn't feel good when you put in that hard work and don't get the recognition. You know, coming out of spring training, how do you compare this team to the previous teams you played on? As good as any team I've ever been on. Um, you know, the pieces that we added, um, you know, sl- slide right in, you know, replacing Liam with Rosie, replacing Marcus with Elvis, Mitch with for Katie with the GH, you know. Uh, we got a really, I mean, that's just the beginning of the guys that we brought in. So, I mean, we got a great team here, a lot of baseball savvy guys, a lot of hard workers and I think uh, I think we got a ton of talent and a ton of experience, and we got some world guys that have played in World Series, and uh, you know a lot of postseason games on this team. We're confident. You know, I, th- I think about your off season and, and rehabbing and everything. Fans always want to know how are you going into this season physically? Physically, great. Um, you know, last year was a bit of a grind. Even this off season was a bit of a grind. You know, I had to rehab that injury pretty fast. Um, just uh, I felt like I lived in physical therapy, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it makes it all worth it. You know, that's, you know, this is, this is what I care about. This is, uh, you know, we got big goals this year and I knew that uh, if I put that work in this off season, I would uh, be able to take the field opening day. And yeah, that was my goal. And, you know, here we are. You know, I want people to know, you know, certain players, they like winning, but they like their stats better. You're the one guy that I've been around that I know for you every single day, day in and day out, you kind of got like a football mentality. It's all about winning games. Tell the fans that that's, that that's your MO. Whether you go 4 for 4 or 0 for 4, it's about getting that W. It is about getting that win. I mean, that's, that's how I was brought up. That's uh, the game of baseball that I was taught. You know, no one player is you know, bigger than the team or the game. Obviously, uh, the personal stats are <laughs> nice, uh, but uh, winning baseball games is what we're here for. You know, we're here to win a World Series, and not not one player wins a World Series by themselves. It's a team sport, and I think uh, winning winning makes things fun. And you know, you uh, you can uh, I don't know that without World Series trophy and those division titles and winning baseball games is something that's you know to be remembered. Personal stats, you know, those are those are nice, but it's not the same as winning. You know, we, we've been talking a lot about how, you know, you, you got to learn how to get there. And sometimes there's going to be some failures and you learn from those failures. And that's how teams win championships. I think about your buddy Cody Bellinger finally getting his ring. I got this feeling that for this core, this group, and, and do you have that feeling that it, it's now your guys' time? 
I believe that we've, we've taken our lumps over these last few years. You know, we've had some great seasons and we've put up great numbers and we've had a lot of wins and we won the division finally, but you know, two wild card games and we were one and out and you know, that left a bad taste in our mouth. And last year we were able to get to the DS and obviously the Astros, you know, tip, we tip our cap to them. They played their asses off and uh, you know, they were, they're hot at the right time. So I think, uh, you know, we took that next step last year, and I think we're ready to take another step in a big one. Speaking of the Astros, how good is this first series going to be? It'll be great. These are two great baseball teams. You know, the Astros, I think they're another team that's probably underrated. Um, there, we got, we got some good, good, good baseball teams in this uh, AL West here, and I think uh, we're always excited to play them. We've uh, We've had our battles with them. They're a good team. We respect them, and I know they respect us. And, uh, you know, I'm sure they want to take this division back from us because right now it's ours. We talked to your buddy Matt Olson earlier in spring, and, you know, the fact that he got engaged, the fact that he got a puppy, uh, he, he <laughs> you know, he's in a great spot. Are you expecting a huge year out of him? I mean, that's an understatement. I'm expecting massive things from Matt Olson. I mean, no pressure. <laughs> I know it's baseball, but uh, the guy, I mean, he came in from the day I saw him this spring training. I mean, he just, he looks like he put on some weight. He looks physically just stronger and he's already been limber and athletic and he's a great athlete, but now he's even stronger and, you know, he cleaned a few things up about his swing and it just looks great. I mean, He's as good as I've ever seen him, and I've seen him pretty damn good before. So I'm expecting great things from Matt. You know, he's going to go out there and play every single day. He's just that kind of guy. So I really expect a big year for him, and he's going to he's going to help take our baseball club to the next level. And, and you know a guy who's been through <clears throat> some struggles and finally gotten over it, and, and he really has become, I think, your best pitcher, and I'm really proud of him, uh, Chris Bassett. When you heard he was getting the opening day nod, what were your thoughts? Uh, I was fired up. Uh, he, you know, we're confident in all of our guys. I would throw any one of our guys out there, but the fact that Bass did that, I mean, that's a, a big credit to the hard work he's had over his career and the, and just how he's continued to work and get better and become a better pitcher, a smarter pitcher. And I think, uh, you know, with how well he pitched last year, he deserves it. He earned that. And it's nice to see him get that nod. And just talk about just how deep you guys are from a pitching standpoint, from your starters all the way to the bullpen. Very deep. Um, you know, we got a five-man rotation that's really, really good. Um, you know, any every single guy on that staff can go deep into a ball game. They can keep us in a ball game. And then I, our bullpen, man, I think I think this is one of the deepest bullpens we've had. Whether uh, I think we got a lot of different looks in our bullpen. We got lefties, we got righties. And I think we have a, the ability to shorten the game, especially on the back end. You know, we got really good setup guys and a great closer. So, you know, I think that's something we really rely on heavy throughout the years, our bullpen. So I think we feel really confident in those guys. Let's end on this. You know, one of the things we miss being on the field doing the show is the battle between you and Bob Melvin. And I, <laughs> we've talked to Bob on the Bob Melvin show about it, how he just can't get balls by you. What is that? It's you against the skipper before every game, his fungo, your glove, and it's so entertaining to watch. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, he uh, he likes, he loves, he takes a lot of pride in hitting me those ground balls. And, you know, we've got a good thing going for sure. Um, we, we, like, we have a little competition. You know, some days he's win, some days I win. He might think that I win more than he does, but, 
I, if I miss one, I consider it a win for him. But uh, he beat me today. But you know, I had I was a little excited today, so I was just working some kinks out. But uh, me and me and Bo have fun over there, and you know, it's all it's been a lot of fun to be able to have that uh, you know connection with him over these years. Well, I can't wait to see a healthy Matt Chapman for 162 games. I can't wait to see this team. I'm bullish on this team. I think it's going to be very good. Uh, be well, be safe, and we can't wait to see you uh, on opening day. Hey, thank you for having me, and uh, I can't wait to get this thing going. Oh, oh yeah. He's going to have a monster year, and it all starts tonight. Uh, we have time for buying or selling? Yeah, we opening still, day style. We still got about uh, about twelve minutes, so yeah, we got time. Let me just get the old sounder ready, and it's time for buying or selling. Sell, sell right now with Chris Townsend on A's Cast Live. So I'm gonna go full woe as me right now because this is so different than before when we were, used to be at the Coliseum to do this. We had our, our our technical operator, our board op, Ben, help us, so I didn't have to worry about doing this side of it on well as talking with you and getting the guests on and everything else. Now I'm doing all of it, so this is a big woe is me moment. Uh, so I'm going to cry one time, and it'll be today, and that's it. So it's going to be it's difficult to navigate through three different tabs in uh, iTunes, but anyway, we'll get to it. So uh, raise your hand if you had Miguel. Nobody cares. I know. That's why I said I'm only going to do it today. Raise your hand if you had Miguel Cabrera as Wait a, a minute. The great Ray Fossey has entered the building. It, it's difficult. I mean, we don't have a headset for him. I I just It's locked? It's locked. The door's locked? The door's locked. I'll get it. Okay. Hold on. Keep Well, raise your hand if you had Miguel Cabrera as the first person to hit a Raise your hand if you had Miguel Cabrera as the first person to hit a home run in the 2021 season. So, myself, Ray Fossey, nor Chris Townsend had their hand raised. Cabrera, 37, hit a two-run homer in the first inning off AL Cy Young winner and Indians great Shane Bieber. No, that's an Indians great. I've been to Heritage Park. I've seen the Ray Fossey plaque. That is... Is one of the top Indians of all time. The home run was Cabrera's 488th overall and 350th as a Detroit Tiger. He's now he now has 2,867 hits in his career. He's trying to enjoy an elite club with six other guys, including Albert Pujols, the 500 to 3,000 club. Cabrera will be 38 later this month. Buying or selling Miguel Cabrera will reach the 3,500 club this season. I'm selling. Ray, how are you? You ready for opening day? Uh, give, give me a second. Oh, I can get a headset hooked up real quick. All right. We're going to have the great Ray Fossey joining us in moments as we get ready for a little uh, opening day baseball. You're a big opening day guy, Ray. He's had a few. How many years have you been in baseball? 51? Yes. <laughs> Ray Fossey has been in professional baseball longer than I've been alive and Ray I gotta tell you I've missed you we haven't seen you in so long it's great to finally see you again well it's nice because you had the door locked I didn't think you wanted to see me I'm banging on it you guys have your headsets on couldn't hear me good to see you 
How is everything? Everything's great. Everything's great. It's uh, maybe it's because the uh, season started July last year that we're having this great weather. Maybe that's maybe that's what's nice about this, and gonna have some fans in the stands, and uh, I can't wait for the introductions. <laughs> yeah, some normalcy, right? Well, just the introductions in general. I know what you're wanting to hear. <laughs> <laughs> but this is like this is normal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. we're having fans in the stands, and, yeah. and it's gonna it's gonna it, it's gonna be really really nice yeah. to 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 be at a point to where we're getting closer. We're getting closer back, and hey, you know that's why baseball is always healed. Yeah. Yeah, it's great, and, I, and I'm 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 Sarah, sorry that uh, the Mets and the Nationals had their little yeah. uh, hiccup, especially after going through all of spring training and so few, if any, you know, uh, positive testing, and so. But uh, it, Miles Straw, I think, had it. He's in the lineup tonight, so evidently he tested okay after uh, a couple of days. But uh, yeah, it's just kind of sad, and, and you just hope that you know tonight's game one. Let's just hope there's another 161. That's yeah. the that's the bottom line. Yeah, it's like it's. Last year, every day was checking your phone to see what was going yeah. on, and I, I thought we were hopefully going to be over that, but it looks like we're not going to be over yeah. that. But, you know, knock on wood, these two teams. How about the matchup right out of the gate? Astros A's. Isn't that great? I know. It's great. Uh, it's great. I mean, you're going to play them 19 times this year, but uh, I think it's a great way to start a season and um, some missing parts for the, for the Astros, but they're still good. But the A's are good, too. And I, I think that's the bottom line. I, I'm, I'm disappointed that Rosenthal's on the IL to start the season. But, uh, you know, maybe he just needed a little bit more time. And, you know, I've always said in spring training, have the injuries early so they can get well towards the end. And if you're going to have injuries in the regular season, have them early and be ready to go second half throughout the playoffs. Have everybody healthy. And I think that's the bottom line. I mean, you can – you don't want to get behind um, – you like to get out of the gate good and doing well so that you have everybody trying to catch you. But uh, but the bottom line, guys have to be healthy. And I, I think rather they, they try to play hurt and start a season, take a little bit extra time, it's a long season. It's a marathon. It's 162 games. And I think, you know, tonight's special, but there's 161 after tonight to get back to normal. And it's nice to get that hit out of the way early. <laughs> well, it's nice to get something up on that board <laughs> besides, besides all zeros. And you, and you don't want to go too far to where when you finally get a hit, you're, 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 you're playing bingo, like 061 and all that kind of stuff. You know? <laughs> yeah, that, 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 yeah. That, that can really, you know, yeah. the scoreboards can, can uh, really weigh on you. Yeah. Was, was there ever in your time opening day you were playing a team that you guys just could not stand? I think thinking back to the opening days, you just wanted to get them over with because you knew after the opener. And I've said to you guys on the, on the A's cast when we've talked that when you're the opening day pitcher, you're going to face the best. And, you know, what Cody was talking about, uh, uh, Cabrera hitting a home run off Bieber, that's pretty good. That's pretty in good. In the snow. Yeah, of course, of course. No, and here it's in the 70s. <laughs> How do you hit in the snow? You have – Wait till you see the highlight. It's snowing. Wow! And you got these white snowflakes coming down, and a and, and a fastball coming. Out. How do you how do you do that? Wow! And you know they typically have an off day tomorrow, so maybe the projections are the snow for tomorrow as well. You know, Cody's a Pittsburgh guy, so he knows what that's like back there. <laughs> and, I, and you know, when I played in Cleveland. We always had the off day the next day, and uh, 
It, it is, uh, the Mets and Nationals have an off day tomorrow, but they're going to wait and start uh, playing on Saturday, uh, assuming everything's okay for them for their opener. So. But, no, it's a, it's a fun time, good time. And, uh, you know, the most important thing is you guys are back here. Yes. You know. I mean, this was, this, you know, just, just, just driving up 880 today, pulling into the lot, and just coming into the stadium was just, it was yeah. a, a real highlight. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's, that's the positive. And, and as we've talked also, fans have to just realize that this is an exception, that it's going to get better. But uh, right now, from the player standpoint, I think what they're going to look forward to is hearing actual people instead of the, the piped-in noise or whatever it might be. Uh, banners are already up in right field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, does Elvis Andrus have one up there yet? I don't know. I remember we talked to him and said he was, lo- he was looking forward to having his own poster. Right, right. So the <laughs> oh, they're out here early, aren't they? That's amazing. Yeah. No, it's a fun day. It's a fun day, and, and I think it's going to be fun. You excited to be back on TV? Always, it's nice. It's nice, and it's nice that all games are going to be on t- TV. They're all going to be televised, and uh, whether I think there's an FS1 and a Fox, but uh, you know, bottom line, they're all on TV, and I think that's what fans want. If they can't come out in, in early in the season, if it's only 20, 25 percent, there's going to be a lot of fans who normally would be coming out, but are not going to be able to. So I think that's great. Yeah, and um, nothing against the radio. I'm not saying radio, but you know, fans at times, you know, they they want to see that. They can always. They can always turn down the TV and listen to the radio. Forget the, forget the radio, Ace Cast. Well, that's true too. But but there's still that's 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 radio. I mean that's radio. Yeah, it's, Cody, Cody's got his fingers up. You weren't paying attention. Four minutes. Four minutes. Well, Ray, uh, these two teams. This is a battle, and you're going to go Houston, L.A. Houston. That's a brutal start. Well, the brutal part is the off day on Sunday. I've never. Well, there have been two off days on Sunday that I can remember. I think hurricanes in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> and they said, Mickey, Mickey called up, pack up, we got to get out of here tonight. Which was Weather Saturday. related. That's right. That's right. We, we spent one day in Cleveland and one in Detroit on a Sunday. So I went to the ballpark, you know, especially in Cleveland. Well, you know. You are Cleveland. Well, I wouldn't go that far. But, it, you know, what else is there to do in Cleveland? <laughs> <laughs> hey. You can only – I had fun at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, yeah, of course, of course, yeah. Now, that's, that's a fun time. Cleveland's, Cleveland's really come a long way. They really have. So uh, Matt Chapman said since he's been here, this is the best team that he has seen. Would you agree with that? I, you know, only because of the additions. And I think – I don't know how much he talked about that, but the additions of the players towards the end of the offseason before spring training – Andrus, Moreland, Rosenthal, Petit re-signing. Um, I'm missing somebody. Romo. Romo coming. And, and, and you know, the, the fact that these guys want to play here. I, I think that's the biggest thing because, you know, we know that there were a lot of options for those free agents and for them to decide to come here and play, I think, says a lot about this organization. So I agree with Matt that, uh, you know, barring health issues, I, I think they've got a chance to do something real special this year. Yeah, you brought in guys – and you know all about this, who have won World Series, yeah. who have that experience. Exactly. Because the A's did not have that. I mean, you got we were breaking it down. Like, God, Sergio Romo's got three. Mitch Moreland's yeah. got one. Uh, Elvis Andrus has played in like 42 playoff games. Yeah, yeah. He a, he's got to be so upset because they were one out away from being world champions. You know, 
And if, if Nelson Cruz had done exactly what Gary Pettis said to do, that would have been over, and they would have been world champions. But he just kept moving in and moving in. So meant to be, meant to be, and that happened. So, oh, it's great to be out here. It's great to be back here. I think, I, you know, normally you guys would be down on the field. This is where you're going to camp out? This is where we will be. You'll be here. Yeah, good. I've got a bobblehead for Cody. He said he didn't have one of mine. The, the Ray Fossey bobblehead is at the Bobblehead Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you remember I sent you that? Yeah. <laughs> it was down in my, Miami has the Bobblehead Hall of Fame. I was down there with the Raiders, yeah. and I, I went over – to uh, see a Marlins game, to see their park. I'd never been there. Mm -hmm. And I, they have the Bobblehead Hall of Fame. Ray Fossey's in the Bobblehead Hall of Fame. And, and you know, that's a, a unique setup because it's on a vibrating, so the heads are always bobbling, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it vibrates. It, you know, that, that was a great setup. I mean, that's, no, that's pretty special. And uh, does he still have it there? Because uh, Jeffrey Lurie sold it, so I don't know if. Uh, I was there like two years ago. Yeah, so. Yeah, so I don't know if they have a rotation. The rotation I got to see, you were in it. Well, that's good. Because I had a microphone in one hand, the catcher was met in the other. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, the, that's the difference there. Wrap it up. Cody says wrap it up. I'll talk to you in the pregame. I'm looking forward to it. Our first A's cast live from the ballpark. You can't beat it. Thank you, Cody. And it's just great to be back with you. And what are we going to play heading to pregame? Buster Olney. Buster Olney. You're going to hear from the great Buster Olney. I'll be back in a little bit getting you ready for A's baseball right here on A's cast. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.